to the Stay at Home Mom Yarai podcast. You are about to listen to my mom. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like it, please give it five stars. Thank you. everyone and welcome to the stay at home mom yeah right podcast i'm sarah smith your host and i'm thrilled to be joined by tasha stewart she is a mom of two children she accidentally became an advocate for those who suffer with ibd she has crohn's disease which is an autoimmune disease that she's had for 17 years within the past four years she has had to become a stay-at-home mom. Tasha started a blog in 2019, thecronymommy.com, because she was looking for purpose through her pain. Since then, she's built an online community and recently started a YouTube channel. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. Welcome, welcome to my podcast, Tasha. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, what has this past two years in the pandemic been like for you and your family? Uh, the past two years have been rough, um, mainly on my daughter because she's school age. So she was in the first grade when okay. we transitioned. So it was really a hard adjustment for her. For me, I had got really sick about four years ago. So being in the house was something I had become accustomed to. So it was kind of like the world was now joining me and the place that I was already in in life, like, welcome, find a seat. All right. There's enough room here, find <laughs> something to do. So it was, for me, it was an easy transition. I think for my kids, it was a little bit harder. Yeah, just being home all day, right? And right, having and to work from a computer. Yeah. yeah. Especially at that age. Yeah, that was a uh, that was difficult. That was an adjustment. Yeah. So yeah, so hard. Um, you have a blog and now a YouTube channel. Can you talk about why you started to document your journey through Crohn's with Crohn's? <laughs> um, I like to say I accidentally became a advocate because it was just something like one day I just literally just had the thought like I should start a blog, and I started it because when I was at my sickest. I couldn't find anybody who was in the same position as me mm. or who was, who looked like me. Right. They were either older or male or didn't have kids. Like nobody was in the same place as me. So when I started to feel a little better, I decided I'm going to be the person I needed. And then I created the blog. And so many people reached out to me and that was like confirmation, like this is what I should be doing. So that's kind of how I accidentally became, you became an advocate. That's so cool. So now you found people who are actually able to say like, I've been through this and. Um, yes. Right. So you need to find your tribe, right? That's so important. Yes. Um, can you talk about what exactly Crohn's disease is and yeah Crohn's disease is a um, autoimmune disease a inflammatory bowel disease it's incurable 
Um, it You can get it at any stage in life. I happen to have gotten sick at 16. Um, it's a chronic illness, which means it's forever. I'll forever suffer with it. Um, it's managed with medicine, but there is no cure. Um, and it can affect anywhere between your eyes down to your anus, plus your joints, um, your colon. It's a full body disease versus what people think it is as the bathroom disease. It can affect so much more. Do you have to watch what you eat because of Crohn's? Like, does certain foods make it flare up more or? Um, For some people, yes. I would say for me, food only trigger me, triggers me when I'm in a flare. So if I'm already in a flare, then I need to watch out for um, roughage, greens, salads, Mm -hmm. things like that. Red pastas are another one for me. Um, those are my main two, but for me, it's more like, like life stressors Mm. are my main triggers or, uh, being sick, catching the cold because my, my immune system is already wiped out by the biologics that we have to take to control our Crohn's. So right now it seems like you have a cold. So are you having a flare up? Like, are you also experiencing flare ups because of it? Um, not at the moment, crossing our fingers. That's great. That's great. Crossing. (laughs) Um, like sometimes I can navigate and make it out on the other end. Great. But sometimes I end up in the hospital. You just, you never know how it's going to work out. Um, it's hard to get a diagnosis and I'm sure with all the medical inequities, even harder as a black person, how did you know you had Crohn's? Um, Like I said, I got sick at 16 and um, I caught the flu during flu season um, of my junior year of high school and I I never got better. Like all my friends had got sick, but I never got better. So my mom started to take me to the, you know, to my, my PCP and then to the emergency and then, um, I think being a black kid, they kind of just kind of brushed me off a little bit. They told my mom that I was just stressed out and I needed to eat. I was 16 and I lived a good life. Right. I, I, I was stress was not something. They told her that it was my friends and they were stressing me out. I've had the same friends since um, our ninth grade year. So that clearly wasn't it. They were the same stressful they were two years prior. <laughs> And then, um, then they told her, cause I started to lose weight, like really rapidly. And they told her, oh, she's just anorexic. Just make her eat. Oh my God. <laughs> Mama there horrible. was like, yeah, I don't think that's it. I don't, I don't. cause I, I wasn't that kid. I didn't right. care about what other people thought about me or, and I like to eat. So so that clearly wasn't it. And right. it took me probably going back and forth to the doctor once a week for months 
wow. for months before somebody was like, hey, we keep seeing her. Um, maybe we should send her to see someone. So they took they sent me to a um gastroenterologist and oh, my face is just like running. That's all good. And um they were gonna do some tests, they were gonna do a colonoscopy, and the night before I was supposed to have the colonoscopy. My mom was on the phone with my grandma, who's who had been an RN for like a billion years, and my aunts, who also work in the healthcare field. And they were like, yeah, I don't think that we should wait. I think that you should take her to the emergency room tonight. They did that. And when I got there, I had weighed 86 pounds. I'll At never forget 16? it. Oh my God. Yes. I had, I was about maybe 110 before everything happened. So 86 pounds. That's, I was already small and yeah. I'm only five one. So I really looked small. And um they ran a lot of tests. They told me that if I would have went under for that colonoscopy that next day, that I would have died because I didn't have enough blood in my body. Oh my gosh. Um, and they ran a lot of tests and then the head of the pediatric GI department happened to be on call that night. Cause look at God. Thank God. And she came in and she looked at me and she looked at my chart, looked at me, looked at my chart. It was probably about maybe one in the morning. She told my mom, I know what's wrong with her. By looking at you. Just by looking at you. She was a small, older Caucasian lady. She said, I know exactly what's wrong with her. She said, I have to run tests. I have to do a colonoscopy, but I know exactly what's wrong with her. I ended up having to get a blood transfusion so I can go under for said colonoscopy. And yeah. And at that time, I didn't know what Crohn's was. We had never heard of it. So I was, that day my life changed. Unbelievable. So then once you got your diagnosis, what did you have to change from there? Um, to even get back to a place, I got admitted that night. So I was in the hospital from November 15th to December 13th. So I had to get to a hundred pounds in order to leave the hospital. Um, so we had to start there because it was just, it was so, it had gotten so bad because people weren't paying attention. They weren't like somebody should have noticed in all the blood work we were doing that I didn't have any left. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh my God. That my blood counts were all out of whack. Nobody noticed. It should have never gotten that bad. So it took me a long time to even be able to leave. And then I, after we left, I still couldn't go to school regularly. I could only go about three days a week because of like the germs and everything yeah. else. Um, so that was a big adjustment for me at that at that point in time. Just trying to feel normal 
and I want to be with my friends and do all the things. And my mom was like, yeah, no, here's your bubble and you're going to stay in it. Like, yeah, yeah. And um, after that, like we kind of made some, like we started to introduce foods slowly because at that time when I did come home, like I had to figure out what what was going to be okay and what was it. And it was trial and error. And um, I couldn't be around a lot of people. My mom was not playing with anybody. You had to come in, wash your hands. Because at that time, we really weren't even sure how to keep me safe and how to keep me from being sick because I was still so exposed, I guess, to the world. Um, So, yeah, like... That was one of the big adjustments we had to make. I didn't really go anywhere, um, especially not without my parents. Like, it was almost like being 10 again, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that was hard mentally for me. Yeah. But I think at the time, I was just kind of on autopilot. I didn't realize that that was hard on me until years later when I did my own, like, self-reflection. Like, mm-hmm. I probably should have had some type of counseling at that point. Right. But, and I, I advocate for that now, too, because when you get a forever diagnosis, I think it should come with a something, someone to talk to, someone, a support group, something. Because that's a big change. That's a mm-hmm. huge change. Are you finding that people now are getting that? that um counseling that they need i think yes especially because mental health is such a big topic right now it's such a hot topic and i think that it's not so taboo like you you're talking to a to a therapist you're crazy or something has to be wrong with you like yes something's wrong with all of us (laughs) (laughs) we just don't know (laughs) so i think that it's a lot more accepted especially with more representation so I think that helps now what exactly does Crohn's feel like like you're in pain but like what kind of pain is it um at the worst I would say trying to eat while you're in a flare is like trying to swallow nails (gasps) it literally feels like scratching because Crohn's causes ulcers so I don't know if anybody's ever had an ulcer but they're painful um it's a burning it's like a burning stabbing you literally feel like your body is on fire from the inside out um stabbing it really depends on where your Crohn's is located for me my entire GI tract was affected from my diagnosis so mm. nails nails is what it feels like now did i read that you um had a ostomy ostomy can you talk about that and how it's given you some relief Yes. So when I was four months pregnant with my son, I I just couldn't get couldn't get my Crohn's under control. Like it has flared, and it wouldn't give me any relief. And it was just I was in a real bad space. So my doctors suggested we do the 
ostomy surgery so that my colon and all of that can like take a break and try to heal itself and I can at least have some type of quality of life while I'm pregnant at least and then we'll reverse it and see what we need to do after I'm after I'm pregnant um it didn't quite work that way like it gave me some relief but I think by then mentally I was just exhausted Mm. It, it was a hard pregnancy I always tell everybody if I had him first, I wouldn't have had another one. Like <laughs> everybody always told me, like having mm-hmm. boys was different. Yes, they're different. Yeah, he he was he marched to a beat of his own drum. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I had surgery at four months, and then I had him. He was a month early, so I had him and. I thought maybe I would get better because sometimes pregnancy can send you into a flare and I didn't get better. So that following October, I ended up having my entire colon just removed. And that gave me more of the relief that I needed or that I was looking for. Um, Now you're a stay at home mom to two children. Uh, Moms are superheroes and can literally do anything. How do you parent through the pain? Ooh, that's a good question. Being honest with my kids. My daughter, she's uh, she'll be nine. So she more so understands like this wasn't this. It wasn't like this when she was my son's age. So she knows that something is different. So we started to have conversations. She knows that I didn't always have an ostomy. But in her head, she just thought that it had something to do with her brother. Like, so you had him, so why do you still have this? So we had to have that conversation. And I had to explain to her that we weren't embarrassed of it. Like, if people ask you about it, because someone may see it, just tell them it saved my mommy's life and keep it moving. Like, you don't have to answer answer. anything. Like, you don't have to answer it. Like, don't make people make you feel some type of way. But on the when the pain days are really bad, they understand that I'll be in the bed. Mm. I will do my best. If today I can only order dinner, they're fine with that because they understand that the alternative is me being in the hospital. So you would rather me be here and be able to do all the things. And we can sit down and watch movies or play games or my daughter likes to tell me stories or she's my creative child. So what I like that just bring, I just bring them into it so that they kind of understand. And then like my significant other, he's really supportive and making sure that I get the rest and the, the time that I need so that everybody understands that we, we all have to, chip in because this isn't a normal circumstance right um you created an online supportive community can you talk about the importance of finding your tribe of people who understand what you're going through yes the importance of finding people who understand was a big deal for me because of course I have my family and they're supportive but they don't understand having people who understand what that pain is or 
what those days where you might be down feels like, or just the unpredictability of having a chronic illness. It's, it was such a blessing to me because I felt alone and I felt like nobody understood how I felt or what I was going through. And even adding on to just being a mom with kids and trying to navigate and show up for them. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my God, there's other people like me. There's other people that look like me, which was really important to me. Finding other Black women in my age group who understood what I was going through was, oh, it was monumental for me. Now, are you finding a lot of other Black women who have it? Yes. Oh, wow. Good. Like, and I was Nobody. really shocked because I was like, where have you guys been? Right. <laughs> I never knew the running. <laughs> right. Yeah, because when you look it up online, it, mm-hmm. it would just be like white girls or um, when I was looking up ostomy, it was a lot of cancer patients or older people. And it was just like, yeah, I don't really fit in here either. Like these are like these are kind of my people, but not my people mm-hmm. type of thing. And then. I happened to stumble upon a group of people and I was like, so you mean there's a bunch of (laughs) y'all? Hi. And it was like, everybody I realized had the same story. Everybody was looking for something, looking for someone because nobody else, a Mm -hmm. lot of people end up being the only person in their family or circle that has Crohn's. So they feel alone and isolated. What do you wish more people knew about Crohn's disease? I wish people understood that there is no cure. I get a lot of those comments of the, my best friend's cousin's sister did this and now her Crohn's is cured. Mm. There is no cure. So I wish that people didn't put that out because that gives people false hope. So if they do happen to fall into remission, when they come out of it, they're devastated because they didn't understand that it was, this could not last forever. Um, I wish people understood that we're just, I just want to be, I wish I could go to all the things and be all the places, but I can't. And it's not an excuse. It's an explanation. Right. Or um, telling me, but you don't look sick is not a compliment. It's an accusation. Because now I feel like I have to prove that I don't feel good and that that doesn't feel good to me um and that it's not the bathroom disease like oh you just ate something wrong and now now your stomach hurts no sometimes I didn't eat anything and my stomach hurts (laughs) like sometimes I just woke up this morning or healthy foods can be triggers for a lot of us so those those salads Some of those fruits and vegetables, they can be triggers for a lot of us. So, yeah, I'm going to eat this piece of candy because I know it's not going to make my stomach hurt. So a lot of the stigmas aren't necessarily true. What would you say to the mom who is parenting through the pain? It's okay. You'll be okay. The kids will be okay. And, um. The hurdle that I had to get through was feeling like my kids would hate me 
for being the sick mom. And it took a conversation with my own mom to tell me like, they'll hate you for something else. It won't be this. It'll be that time you didn't let them do whatever they wanted to do. Or it'll be the time you don't let them go to the movies that they'll hate you for the next 10 years. It will not be this. It won't be the thing that you think it is. And I was like, oh, okay. So this makes sense to me. Uh Like that made, that was a, a, a weight lifted off me. Like this won't be it. So if anything, it'll make them more empathetic kids. It'll make them understanding to other people's issues and what they may be going through. So that, that makes, that brings me joy. Um, what do you do for self-care? Mm. I know it must be really important for you to get <laughs> some time in. <laughs> self-care. Um, I love a good bath, a nice bubble bath, bath bombs, the whole works. I journal for self-care. I take that time for myself, whether it means I just go to the store alone. Like sometimes it doesn't have to be a group activity. I just want to go to the grocery store. I want to run to Walmart and run back. Um, What else? And I watch a lot of uh, YouTube tutorials about random stuff, random people. It's kind of like an escape. So, and then what else? Uh, I think that's it as far as my own self-care. So yeah, I'm a big bath. That's good. Um, Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at the crony mommy and Twitter and Facebook at the same handle and at my blog at the crony mommy.com and YouTube at the crony mommy. I like to keep everything uniform. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Tasha, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today. And I wish you continued health and um, all the great things that are coming to you. Thank Thank you. you so much. You have just listened to the stay at home mom. Yeah. Right. Podcast with my mom. I hope you enjoy listening don't forget to subscribe and if you liked it please give it five stars thank you